Motorcycle Men. Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 186 of the Motorcycle Men podcast and another interview for your listening pleasure. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this show, and of course, thanks for listening to all of the Motorcycle Men episodes. If you would like to help the show out, you can go to our website at MotorcycleMen.us, and there you can click on the Donate button if you'd like to help us out with a singular PayPal donation. And another way you can help us out is give us some feedback. Yes, go over to iTunes and give us a rating. All right, and we'll look forward to that. While you're at it, send us an email to MotoMenPC at gmail.com or go to our contact page on the website. And send us a note there. I read all the emails, and we just may comment on our next show. Hey, for the best in motorcycle jeans, there's only one place you should be going, and that is Tobacco Motorwear Company. Dave and the crew over there make the best motorcycle riding jeans that will outperform that ratty old pair you've been wearing and most other brands available. Not only do they perform well, but they also are the best looking and the most comfortable selvage jeans you will ever own or wear. And for further protection get and style, get yourself the California riding shirt. Comfortable, safe, and it looks absolutely stunning. I wear a pair of tobacco riding jeans and the California riding shirt each time I go out, and so does Brother Chris. They feel good, look great, and they give me that extra protection that I, and security I need when I ride. And also look for their new McCoy riding jacket. Pre-orders are now being taken for this very attractive water-repellent waxed canvas jacket with armor. Has a flannel lining, underarm vents, and airflow sleeves. That's the McCoy jacket. And as always, Tobacco Motorwear Gear is made here in the USA. That's Tobacco Motorwear Company. Visit them at TobaccoMotorwear.com and tell Dave and the crew that the Motorcycle Men sent you. Make sure you use that coupon code MOTORCYCLEMEN when ordering. The Motorcycle Man Podcast is supporting David's Dream and Belief Cancer Foundation. The foundation was started by stage 4 cancer survivor David Calderella to help other families who are struggling through the personal, emotional, physical, and mental and financial struggles of cancer. If you'd like to help out and be part of something that actually makes a difference, donate today to David's Dream and Belief Cancer Foundation. Go to davidsdreamandbelieve.org to donate. Links will also be in the show notes. Now... If you are a dual sport rider, an adventure rider, or a, you own a scrambler, one of the things you appreciate is an unpaved road. Adventuring off into places you've never been before on the back roads of America is a wonderful thing that could be made spectacular with the addition of a little bit of dirt or gravel beneath your wheels. While modern mapping like Google Maps, Apple Maps, and your GPS and even paper maps are, in their own way, quite wonderful. They often miss things. Things like that little cafe you may have stopped at once before on the ride you can barely remember. Things like the broken pavement turned gravel turned dirt road that ended somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes they catch, but most times they don't. But now we have a resource to help us find those little strips of heaven out there in the wilderness we crave. And good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Motorcycle Men Podcast. This is episode number 186, I think, something like that. Anyway, so joining me tonight, all the way from, where are you from again? Uh, Oregon City, Oregon, which is outside of Portland. Okay. People know Portland. <laughs> Mr. Jacob Hammond, am I saying that correctly? Yes, you okay. got it right. And yeah. Jacob, you are kind of like the guy who's created this wonderful map program that's on uh, it's on the internet right now it's called gravel map so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh just skip all the stuff between you know diapers and the first beer and uh, <laughs> tell us what you do and how, what your involvement with gravel map absolutely so uh i guess it, you know the gravel map itself started in 2014 um i've been a web developer since around 2004 or so uh, you know, working freelance, working, you know, full-time for, you know, various companies. I've, you know, lived in Chicago, Houston, and uh, kind of made my way back to near where I grew up. Grew up in uh, kind of far northern California, um, Humboldt County and the Redwoods there. And now I'm in Oregon. I uh, spent a lot of years in uh, southern Oregon, which is kind of the, you know, Medford-Ashland area there. Um, and now I'm up here in the uh, the Portland metro area, as they call it. Uh, so Gravel Map was really started in 2014 when I'd been... Uh, 
I've been riding bikes pretty, you know, riding bicycles uh, pretty seriously for probably uh, three, four, maybe five years at that point. And I was going out in on the weekends and, you know, summer evenings, that kind of thing. And, you know, with buddies, we'd go out and ride. And, you know, we were finding all these awesome roads outside of town, these mm-hmm. uh, this this network of, uh, like, you know, Forest Service, BLM, fire roads. Right. Uh, and just, you know, just going out and exploring. And, you know, there in southern Oregon where I was at the time, you know, that area is really – uh, really got an abundance of these these kind of um, you know not really off map but uh, you know kind of not commonly mapped uh, road networks that are just uh, they're awesome for you know for getting out on a mountain bike or a cross bike or you know even a dual sport on most of them um, you know so you've got roads like that you and then you have in addition to that you have some you know some stuff like some you know BLM OHV areas that kind of thing where you know there's a lot of these uh, you know kind of trail networks and that kind of thing that are you know really great for that kind of you know recreation and uh you know it was it was actually my buddy aaron and i were out riding one day and uh, we kind of started talking we're like you know there's really no resource that we're aware of where you can go and look at a map of this stuff you know i mean there's you know you can you can piece stuff together like you know for forest service you have uh you know u.s forest service maps you can get some information off of those uh you know the blm areas uh that kind of thing there's you know ohv area maps uh there's a lot of different kind of piecemeal stuff you can put together uh, but then a lot of the stuff too is on, you know, this, uh, you know, kind of privately held timberland, but, you know, is open for non-motorized vehicle use. Uh, you just kind of have this plethora of, um, these resources out there. And we we're kind of thinking like, you know, there's really no, there's no solid way to, you know, kind of get out and look at all this stuff on the map. And that was kind of like, where it came from. uh, you know, now myself working as a, as a web developer, I had some familiarity with, um, you know, not much, but familiarity with map technology and, you know, using Google maps as kind of a platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you know, I think we could I think I could pull this off. I think we can, you know, maybe try to throw something like this together. Uh, so it was uh, it was kind of over a weekend. I sat down in front of the computer on like a, I think it was like a rainy weekend in April and just kind of hammered out version one of the site and had it up and running within um, within a few days. It was pretty bare bones to start with. And, uh, you know, really just had the ability to go on there and, um, you know, select a start point, select points along the way, kind of, you know, route that map and uh, select an endpoint, give it a name and save it to the database. Uh, so I mentioned my buddy Aaron was part of this conversation. I need to mention, too, that he is a uh, 1% stakeholder in Gravel Map because he was part of the, the inspiration <laughs> behind it. So, you know, I've always said, if I get rich off this thing one day, you know, you're coming into some money. Well, man. Remember, he only, he's only getting 1%. So. Yeah, 1%, but, you know, 1% of, you know, he's, uh, it's probably, he's probably going to get like five bucks or something. Oh, well, there you go. That's right. five bucks yeah, more than so he had well. yesterday. So in a nutshell, now you, you, you went on a really great explanation of what you're doing. So in, in essence, gravel, what is Gravel Map? In a nutshell, so it's just a, is, is a nationwide, uh, well, you explain it. You could probably do better than I could. Sure. Well, it's, so it, it's actually worldwide at this point, which is kind of surprising. Oh, it is. Really, I really didn't, you know, when I set the thing up, um, it's, I guess I'll step back another step here. It's essentially a, a, a database of, or a, a, a map of gravel routes, what the site calls routes. Um, you know, so basically just denoting various gravel, unpaved, dirt, or off-road sections of road or trail or what have you um, that's entirely user-created. So the idea is you have somebody who's, um, you know, they're, <clears throat> they're, on, uh, they're, they're on a dirt bike or they're on a mountain bike or a cross bike or whatever in their area. They've got these roads they like to ride. They can go and add them to the site. Right. And uh, vice versa, somebody who's, you know, looking for routes to ride can go and, you know, see these routes. Uh, now, a typical route, I think, you know, this was uh, this was a stat I'd hoped to have time to pull before we spoke, but, uh, you know, I was a little short on time here. A typical route, I want to say, at, when I last checked, was only around two miles in length. So the reason for that really? is the site actually encourages people to, rather than kind of, you know, posting or uploading an entire uh, segment of, or, um, you know, series of multiple roads, you know, kind of pieced together as like a, you know, this was what I this is what I rode today. You know, this twenty five mile stretch of roads. Right. The site actually encourages people to you know kind of keep it to, um, you know, keep it broken up a little bit. So if you're if it's a single stretch of road, if there's an inter- if there's an intersection where you're going to make a left turn there, that's two routes then. So oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, to kind of keep it divided like that. Right. And the reason for that is just you know then you can give each each section its own name if it has. A road name that's already in the Google Maps database that'll get pulled right. out and suggested automatically for you. Uh, but really, you know what? 
what what the strength is in this approach, where it's all user user submitted, user driven, is that in theory, anyway, anything that you see on Gravel Map is something that somebody knows about that they've they've probably you know they've probably ridden or have you know walked or driven on or whatever you know what have you. Um, it's it, it 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 really exists first of all, which can be a problem with some of these older Forest Service maps and that kind of thing, where you have right. a you know road that was there twenty years ago but is now um, you know not even traversable at all. Uh, and the other part of it is that you have um, it, it's kind of, it filters out the uh, the noise on some of this stuff too. So you have um, you have some areas like you know certain states out in the Midwest, um, you just have these uh, these large grids of roads that are really just um, you know they're all coded as gravel. Um, so most U.S. Uh, U.S. counties, you can actually go onto uh, onto a county's website through what they call their GIS system, right. and download a database of all the roads in the county. Um, and those are coded in various ways, but you know they're you know they're typically all these uh, you know basically this GIS format is what they use, which you know I admittedly am not very familiar with, but kind of got familiar with it enough to look at it and say, okay, you know, can I build a site by basically just going and you know, I'll just I'll just write something that's going to go and grab this database from each county, mm-hmm. and then for the database by road type, and we'll put all that on a map, and we'll kind of visualize that, and make that you know kind of our, our data source. So at some and, point, basically, at some point in the very beginning, you were actually inputting all this data by hand, as opposed to you know users sending you all this information. This was like all you in the beginning. It was, yeah. The first, uh, you know, so my first step after I built it was basically just I'm going to go in and add the the routes that that I know about, which was right. at the time, you know, stuff in Southern Oregon, that kind of thing. And then uh, I think I, uh, you know, in terms of how this how the site kind of spread and other people started using it, um, it really just kind of I think it, it was word of mouth. It was search engine with some of it, um, you know, just kind of uh, kind of took off on its own. Um, there's a Facebook page for the site that I I probably post to every four months or so. <laughs> um, you know, it's maybe God, you know, Why, that it, frequent, huh? <laughs> yeah, that right. Yeah. And you know, every time I log on, it pops up. It's like the people of gravel map have not heard from you in over four months. Why not share something with them? I'm like, yeah, why not? I probably should one of these days, yeah. but uh, there's about, I think, you know, close to 2000 people who have liked that page. So it's, it's kind of spread from there. Wow, that's um, great. Early on, I did a, um, did a contest through the page where I was giving away a gift card to a bike shop, uh, in, I think it was, um, it's in Michigan, but also it has an online presence uh, called Penn Cycle. And basically, you know, I just said once this once this Facebook page reaches 1,000 likes, I'm going to pick somebody at random and give this gift card away. And right. that kind of, you know, that was really the only promotional thing I've done with it. You know, that was kind of a launching off point where that did kind of help it get in front of more people and oh, sure. you know, get into more people's hands. But yeah, right now um, I'm actually just going to jump over here I'll, I'll throw some stats out here in terms of what uh well let me ask you a couple questions first before we get into sure. some stats oh, who, sure. who is using gravel map who what's your biggest uh demographic audience that's using gravel map so from my perception which is mostly driven by the people who uh contact me through the site who have a question about the site or um are flagging routes which um if somebody puts a route up that doesn't exist or is in fact bad data, because again, it's all user submitted, users can actually click on a little button down at the bottom, flag it, and let me know, and then I'll just go in and you know check it out and delete it. Um, but according to you know that that I have, um, the majority of the people who are using the site are people who are on uh, bicycles, and typically it's a cross bike or a gravel bike. So it's people who are doing events like the uh, the Dirty Kanza. Um, uh, the, what is it? There's, there's a couple, you know, a couple of these larger, you know, kind of gravel race events that have sprung up now, a lot of them in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, geographically speaking, the, the Midwest is, and, you know, kind of the upper Midwest is where the site has really taken off. And we have a few users there who have just put, um, upwards of, I think, you know, one user has put over a thousand distinct routes in, wow. in, in the Michigan area. And um, well, for our it, listeners, when you look at gravel map, uh, if you look at the map, view, you can look at the hybrid view as well. You look, if you look at the map view, you get the yellow lines popping up where there's a gravel map route on there. And the Midwest is just, if you zoom out to see the entire country, it's just a blob of yellow because there yes, are so many routes in, in the Midwest. It's amazing. Yeah, they've they've really done a great job, and that you know the credit for that goes again entirely to the people who have found the site and you know come across it and um, you know just gone up and you know started adding this um, you know adding these routes to the site, and it's uh, 
it's been really cool to watch it take off in that way where, you know, I've, you know, I've again, you know, I've done very little, you know, in the way of actually promoting it or, you know, really adding content myself. I think I've added maybe, um, maybe under, I think under probably 50 routes of my own to the database and everything else is user generated. Wow. You know, it's, I, I see this uh, and what spawned my interest in it uh, from a motorcycle, uh, motorcyclist perspective was guys who would ride uh, what we call scramblers, uh, bikes that can go off-road and on-road, your dual sport riders, your adventure riders. Uh, do you get a lot of motorcycle riders uh, using this site or motorcycle riders on these uh, routes? I actually do, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, if... If not the largest group, they're definitely the second largest. Oh, no um, kidding! Wow. You know, compared to you know the the you know people on um, you know on these gravel bikes, that kind of thing. Um, so I, I do hear from quite a few people who are using the site for um, you know for for motorized use, yeah, for you know dual sport, uh, adventure riding, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems you know from what I've heard, it's you know they're they're really having you know a pretty great amount of success using it for that purpose too. Right. Uh, so, you know, one thing that the site encourages people to do is be as descriptive as possible when they're adding a route. But one of the fields that, um, you know, that I've, you know, I've gotten a couple of requests now, you know, just, you know, kind of recently even to add in terms of a field, a data field on a route that somebody can specify when they're adding one is, is this route open to motorized vehicles? So the idea being that, um, you know, if you're, if you're looking for somewhere to go ride your dual sport bike, you're only looking for, you know, routes that are, you know, that are legal, you know, for you to, for you of to course, go on. Yes. Um, and th- there's really no indication of that. And it's kind of just up to that, you know, the site more or less leaves that up to user discretion at this point. But, right. um, again, it's, it's, it's leaving routes in general up to user discretion. You know, there's, now, there's well, nothing in, in that but, respect. Are, are any of these routes labeled, you know, no motorized vehicles? A majority of the time, if it is a if it is a route that is specifically not allowing motorized vehicles, that will be indicated in this in the in the description. Oh, good, that good. That's that's good to know. Again, you know, it's it's up to you know kind of the good faith of the user adding it to specify that. But typically, from what I've seen, um, people do tend to be pretty good about that. People oh, will All right. put an indication on there um, if it's like a you know multi-use path or something like that that's unpaved. They'll They'll specify, um, you know, non-motorized use only. There's even a couple on there that I've, I've come across that people have added where it's actually um, uh, foot traffic only, which oh really represents probably a you know a really small demographic of the site's users on average. But it's like if you know if the route's there and it's you know it's specified accordingly and that note's there, it's um, you know that uh, you know that works. Wow, that's great. Uh, one more, another question. Then we're going to get into some stats. Um, yeah. it, are there any gravel trails or any dirt roads here in this that, that are part of any one of the big network of, uh, like, the, for example, the Continental Divide Trail or the Transamerica Trail? Do any of these hit those? They uh, they do. Yeah, I, I'm not. Um, I don't even know the the data, unfortunately, of the site enough to really you know to, to be able to give a, a good answer to that question. Other than I do know that parts of the divide route are on the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually aware of that one specifically because uh, we had a flagged route where um, one, where somebody essentially went and mapped out, um, I think, most if not all of that entire route, which itself, as it was mapped, was not entirely gravel. There were some stretches there where, you know, it was probably just, you know, Google Maps doing its thing. They're clicking on point A to point B, and they were automatically routed along a paved road. Oh, okay. So, the uh, the idea with you know with with the site would be to kind of go through and you know either manually plot those lines or to um, you know just do it in smaller segments like I mentioned. Um, so you know another reason for having routes flagged is sometimes you'll have duplicates where you'll have you know five roads that are you know individually mapped and then you'll have one route that kind of just covers all of them. Right. So there's really nothing that keeps you from adding one route overlapping another. Uh, right. The site will warn you if you attempt to do so, but it won't explicitly prevent you from doing that. Okay. So usually now, we'll get these well, in large... That, in that respect, uh, I have, as far as, well, let's talk about editing. And there sure. have been occasions, I, I have actually gone on the site and noted that there's a particular dirt road or gravel road that uh, when on gravel map it says it goes from here to here, when I know from experience that it stops at a certain point. Can users go in and make edits or at least make a comment on those? Uh, they can make comments currently, and they can uh, they can use that flag function, which will you know basically gives 
gives you as the user an opportunity to enter a reason for the flag. You can say, you know, stops here, you know, only goes halfway, whatever it is. Um, the the edit feature is one that people have been asking for for a long time that I haven't put in yet. Mm -hmm. um, and the only reason I haven't put it in yet is I just haven't allocated the time in my life to do so. No, I, which is, no, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, but it's, so that's something I'm I'm slating for, um, you know, probably within the next few months. I want to try to get it done. Right. Um, the ability for you to edit your own routes once you, once you've added them, which is a big one. Right. Because, yeah. You know. You add a route, um, you know, ideally you should be able to go in and edit the name and the description and the properties and also be able to open it back up on the map and make a correction if you need to. Sure. Uh, right now, to do that, really, you just delete the route and re-add it, right. uh, which is which is not ideal. Um, but then, the, you know, the ability to actually do a, do, do a suggested edit on somebody else's route would kind of go hand in hand with that. Where right. you could you'd basically go in and, you know, fine tune it or, you know, cut off the start, cut off the finish, whatever it is, like you're saying. And you'd suggest that, and then we'd have some kind of a process for uh, basically moderating those suggestions, you know, approving them, and you know, they they go in the database. Well, that brings me to this: if somebody flags a route, is that does do, do bells and whistles go off on your computer to tell you that you need to go in and make a change to that route? I have a high tech notification system involving a, an email that gets sent to me. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the system sends me an email, and uh, there's a there's a record in the database for it too, where you know basically just you know logs it, um, and then you know my process is typically I'll I'll go look at the route, and I'd say ninety nine percent of the time um, it's a route that for one reason or another shouldn't be on the site, so I end up just um, you know clearing it on the spot. And what that actually does is it it actually doesn't entirely delete it, but it hides it from view and it kind of puts it in route purgatory. So how often do you delete a route? Have you been have you been deleting routes? Uh, yes, uh, typically when um, you know I I will try to you know if I'm at my desk um, and the email comes in, um, I will typically have that route reviewed and deleted within um, you know certainly within less than 24 hours. Okay, typically it's uh, it's much much faster than that, but it depends on you know what else I have going on. But um, you know typically that's um, and I will I will add there have been a couple times in the site's history where. That function has kind of gone awry for a week or two, and those emails have stacked up, and I haven't gotten them. Mm -hmm. uh, but typically, when those come in, um, I will see them and you know review and either you know modify the route or delete the route, um, you know, within 24 hours or less. So right. I do try to be responsive with that. Oh, that's great! All right, now let's talk about some stats. All right, now sure. here we go. Um, let's let's do a broad question. Do you have any idea of how many miles total? there are of dirt and gravel maps charted on gravel map i do yes oh and good there we to, go uh, i had I, I actually had somebody ask me the same question today in an email and uh i replied to the email and now all i need to do is find my reply to the email <laughs> we will have that number uh let's see okay that is gonna be okay so our total distance in miles of routes worldwide is currently 184,000. Wow. Across, across 51,500 routes. So I guess I was I was a little wrong on my estimate of the average length. It's more like uh, you know, a little you know, 3.75 or whatever, but yeah, so 184,000 miles, 51,500 routes and across all of the major continents, I believe. Um, I'm not sure on total country coverage, but I don't I know that we have uh, we have a, a pretty decent number in Europe. We have some in South Africa. We have uh, some in Australia. Uh, so it has kind of taken off there a little bit. You know, by you know, far and away, the majority of the routes are in the U.S. And in the U.S., the majority, far and away, again, are in the Midwest. Um, but it is it is kind of worldwide in that regard. Wow. Now, I know you had briefly mentioned this once before. Which region uh, of the country or what state has the most number of routes? Let's see. I want to say, um, as of a few months ago, when I put together this uh, this kind of infographic thing that I ended up putting up on the Facebook page, um, and I want to say it was, uh, I, I feel terrible not just knowing, because I should know this. It was either Minnesota <laughs> or Michigan. It was one of the Great Lakes states, and um, I think it was... I'm, I'm going to have to say Michigan, because I'm looking at the yeah, map right I now, and Michigan is just a big yellow blob. Yeah. Michigan is just, you know, wallpapered. That yeah. is crazy. Great Holy job, crap. Michigan. And I, you, see, when I, when I, I guess most people maybe like me, when I, when I think of Michigan, I do not think that it's 
rural like that, that there are that many uh, dirt roads. That is amazing. That's one thing that really surprised me, you know, after I created the site and it kind of, it started growing in those regions is looking at the map out there and be like, man, I'm, I'm missing out apparently because look at this map. It's incredible. You know, they've got, uh, they've got, they've got so much stuff out here. It's just great. Wow. And most of these are dirt or gravel roads then. Yes. Wow. And well, do you, do you know what a percentage is of whether if it's gravel, dirt, uh, uh, dual track, a single track or a hiking path. Do you, do you know that information? I don't know off the top of my head. Um, and I could run a query on the database to find out, uh, which would take a couple minutes, but, uh, that would be interesting to find out off the top of my head though. I, if I had to guesstimate, I would say it's probably around, um, it's probably an 80, 20, um, you know, 80% gravel, 20%, uh, kind of everything else, non gravel, but non paved falls into that other bucket. Hmm. How many of all of these routes are motor vehicle only, uh, no motorized vehicles versus everybody. Again, that's um, that's a tough one to to know because we don't have a field for that currently for you know for indicating that when somebody uploads it. But um, based on my anecdotal experience, um, by and large, probably about ninety percent or more are open for all users. Oh, okay, or, that, that's good to know. Or you know, at least the kind of thing where it's like you know a BLM OHV area where you know. You're not going to fit a truck up there, but you can drive right. a, a dual sport or a quad or what have you, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But it would be um, it would be prudent for the in- user to investigate the f- this first before they go out there and check it out. Yes. Right. Yes. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a starting point, a jumping off point, uh, definitely, you know, probably a little more than that even, but, you know, um, you know user discretion is always advised. <laughs> okay. Now here's the tough question. Ready? Do you know what is the longest dirt gravel road that is listed on Gravel Map? Oh, that's a great question. I did I find would... one that was very, very long. I was very surprised, and I want to see if you you, find, you picked the same one. Let's see. I can actually I can tell you that really quickly here. Uh, and I was to... very surprised, and I know a lot of guys, when they hear this, they're going to go, well, i got to go there. Then. <laughs> can I do a quick query on the database here? We'll have this in... One minute here. Here, let's see. Um, or uh, yeah, five seconds. Okay. Okay, I have as the longest route. Let's see, we're going for. Say we have route, and then we have our. We want our total length, which is length. The length is stored in meters here. So uh, our oh. longest route, the route called Road Three to County Road Fourteen. That's the one I'm looking at right now. There it is. You were right. 481.4 miles. And that is in Nebraska. Nice. That is amazing. And that's to think that, and the thing about this route is that users have the opportunity to upload pictures of the route as well. Yes. Which is really cool. But this route has no pictures on it whatsoever. (laughs) And I was like, well, I got to see this road now. So now this forces me to go to Google Maps. And it's, right. it's likely it's probably not mapped in Google Maps then. It may or may not have a street view. It, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it, at a minimum, it, you'll probably have a satellite view out there. Depending on how rural it is, you might not have a lot of detail. Um, you know, that was, that was something that, you know, kind of comes up now and then in user feedback. Um, you know, talking about basically using Google's satellite view as a resource to kind of infer road type. And um, I just, you know, I am not that high tech, you know, <laughs> like this site, but, you know, in terms of that kind of, you know, image recognition, looking at um, looking at an image to, uh, you know, to figure out it's, uh, you know, a road service type. That's something that Google itself would have to do. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it, kind of back again to the initial problem is, you know, um, of, you know, what is the surface type of the road? Again, right. this information is available in most counties via this uh, this GIS system, but. Um, which is actually the system that, uh, you know, typically Google Maps and, you know, uh, Bing Maps and, you know, whatever else, they're typically pulling from uh, this kind of open GIS data. Oh. But it's not a layer of data they they really expose on the front end for their users because, you know, most people, you know, aren't really, you know, most people are just driving on a paved road. So, right. Well, in, in, in while you were talking, what I had done, not that I wasn't listening because I was, uh, I went, I zoomed in on gravel map to see where like a, a portion of this 481 mile route was. 
in Nebraska, and I went to Google Maps, and then I zoomed in on that area, and I was able to actually get a street view, and a portion of this route is paved. Oh, really? And that doesn't surprise me at all, given its length. Yeah, I, it's, I was, I'm like, yeah. that's an awfully long dirt road. I'm just, I really got to see this. But right. yes, yeah. it is actually a, it, it is a, a paved road. And then other sections of it, now I'm going to have to check this now. This is almost like something we should be doing in tandem here so we can just learn. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'm it down. Yeah. And then yeah, the second longest route is one called I-40 West to Texas 155 South. And that sounds like highways to me. You know, I would have to look yeah, at it. Yeah. It, it, it kind of yeah. leads me to believe that's what we're, we're, we're talking about here. Wow. Yeah. And again, this is this is kind of an example of how the, you know, the site really is user-created and user-moderated content where – you know, I'm not going and looking at every new route that is posted because right. it's, you know take way too much time. Whereas, you know, so I'm I'm relying on people to go and you know when they're browsing routes in their area to see something like that and you yeah. know click the flag button and say this is this is a you know 300 some odd section of freeway and you know what what is it doing on here? Um, and you know, typically people are people are good about that. And um, you know, it's it's something where you know I've. I've, I've wondered if I should make that flag feature more apparent or maybe label it something else because flag is, it's it sounds a little too severe, maybe a little too ambiguous too, you know, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, true. You know, and even, mm. you know, even word like report, you know, kind of sounds. Um, it sounds, you know, yeah, like it's like you're, you're, you know, it's bad, but it's not necessarily bad. Well, like, for example, take, for example, this particular route here, portions of it are actually paved road. Is, is there or should there be a feature built into this which allows the uh, the user who's inputting this to identify that this section here from here to here is paved so that the uh, internet yeah, that, that's user... an interesting idea too yeah because there are a lot of uh, a lot of legitimate routes that do get added where again the only thing wrong with it technically is that it's a, you know it's an 80 mile route with 20 miles of pavement in the middle of it somewhere yeah and you know in, in again in that situation we try to encourage people to you know typically it's not going to be a single 80 mile stretch of road um you know, if there's intersections in it, break it up accordingly. But maybe it is a single 80 mile section of road with 60 miles of you know gravel, 20 miles of pavement. Um, having a way to indicate that as part of that route line uh, and kind of break that up would actually be really useful. That would be a you know kind of a um, that'd be something that we could build in without too much difficulty. Right. Um, and that would that would be kind of nice to have. You now, know? would I get so, royalties for giving you that idea? You can have one percent just okay. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> many people, because otherwise, I'll, you know, I won't have much left over. But you this know, eighty-eight percent I could live with. <laughs> <laughs> now, on a serious note, is land access becoming more uh, of of a problem uh, in rural areas and even in the populated areas? You know, I don't have. Um, I'm not really close enough to that on anything more than just a, a regional level on where I live here in Oregon. Um, here in Oregon, what I'm seeing is um, it seems to be um, it seems to be becoming less of a problem here because you have uh, you you know in Oregon here, for instance, we have a, a bunch of privately owned timber land in addition to you know a pile of uh, you know Forest Service BLM managed land. Right. Uh, so timberland, you know, kind of like I mentioned earlier, some of it is open to vehicular access, and uh, there are a few things that have happened recently, like. Uh, I think one of the, you know I might be misspeaking here, but I want to I want to think one of the largest owners of Timberland here is a, uh, it's a timber company called uh, Warehouser. Yeah, and, I know, and, I know yeah, Warehouser. Yes, and I think you know beyond, but they've instituted a program wherein you can purchase a um, you can purchase a permit to access their land. Uh, the permit is I think it's a duration of one year. Um, they have a couple different tiers. Uh, so the you know the the, the bottom tier is just you know, basic non motorized vehicle access, right. and essentially gives you the ability to you know go in there you know on foot or on a you know bicycle or you know mountain bike what have you anything you know non motorized and you know go and anywhere other than the areas in which they are actively logging um, you can go and have you know free range of land and mm-hmm. then they have um, they have a system I believe of hunting permits that are kind of in a you know, kind of a stacked hierarchy based on, you know, areas and, you know, um, you know, wh- whatever other parameters go into that, where that starts, you know, becoming a bit more costly. But I sure. think a, a recreational permits, 75 bucks for the year. Um, if I lived a little bit closer to some of these areas and I was out there riding, uh, for me, that's, that's a price I'd be willing to pay to have kind of this guaranteed protected access to this huge swath of land. Right. Now, is $75 a bit much though? I, I would I would personally say so. You know, looking at uh, 
you know, looking at what's, um, you know, you know, really what you're getting and what your, uh, what your, your impact is on their resource. You know, I mean, you're out there on a bike, you're, you know, you know, you can talk about, you know, erosion, maybe, I don't know. Um, probably not. Uh, yeah. and it's not it, like they're maintaining these roads in the wintertime. Exactly. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're, uh, they're out there, you know, using them for their, uh, you know, their own land use purposes and, you know, maintaining them for those purposes. They're not maintaining them for recreational use specifically per se. Right. And there's Uh, not a rest area halfway with a bar and, you know, a restaurant halfway. Right. No resources. You are on your own. Right. Everything like that. But I think the, uh, you know, I am seeing kind of that as an example of a trend. Um, And then there's, there's a couple other companies. Um, There's one uh, that I don't recall the name of, but they have some land holdings here on the coast where their land is essentially, um, ad hoc open for non-motorized recreational use uh year round you know mm. so they have gates up but each gate has a sign that's you know no trespassing except for non-motorized use right. uh, so i think you you are seeing this this you know kind of trend at least with these private land hold, owners maybe where some of them are seeing a revenue opportunity in sure. um, capitalizing on these people who are probably already going using the land anyway um and they're giving them kind of a, a way to um a way to you know to get in there legally uh, you know with permission anyway um yeah i do agree that 75 dollars is a little steep um but it's it's a it's a means of access so sure. that's that's just my perspective you know being out here in uh in oregon um i think you know it's it's a different story in areas where you have you know maybe more aggressive development happen or you have um you know, different kinds of land development that are going on. Um, I can't really speak to that personally, but um, it will be interesting to kind of watch that on a broad scheme and see where that goes in the next 10 or 15 years. Right. Now, have you noticed in states like uh, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Wyoming, maybe even Nevada and California, these are very big BLM states. Now, have you had much interaction with uh, the Bureau of Land Management with when it comes to these things? Uh, you know, none, I don't think, um, at least none that I'm recalling off the top of my head. Um, I know I had, um, I, I had spoke with, uh, somebody who I think was, I wanted to say I had spoke with somebody who was from, he was from BLM who had maybe like a, a data request. They just wanted to kind of get a listing of the, the routes for a certain area. But now that I'm thinking of it, they were actually, um, they were somebody from a university who was doing some, uh, some land use research, that kind of thing. Um, but I have I have not personally had any interaction with um, with those agencies per se. Okay. Has any county, state, or local governments contacted you about uh, your maps? Uh, they have not, and neither have any uh, any landowners either, for that matter. Oh, no kidding! See, yeah, I, I have... I'm really surprised about that. I thought by now you like you would have had plenty of contact from landowners saying, "Please take my that route off my off the map. It's on my property or anything like that." Yeah, and and I was sure I I would have too, and. Uh, I, uh, you know, unless, um, in, unless, you know, somebody's hearing that and, you know, they've sent me a message and it was somehow lost in the ether, which is entirely possible. Right. Uh, I have, um, I have not had any, any contact of that kind, which, you know, again, it is kind of surprising to me, you know, given the size of the route database and, um, you know, the, the site does get a decent amount of, of traffic on, you know, a weekly and monthly basis. And, um, you know, certainly, a, um, the, the route database is continuing to grow kind of at an exponential rate all the time. Um, I would have expected to have that be at least something that I would have had to give some thought to or address in some ways, but yeah. I really, I really haven't yet. And I think part of that is that uh, probably about ten to fifteen percent of the routes that get flagged are routes that are on um, private or inaccessible land. Right. You know, land where there's a no trespassing sign posted. So generally, um, you know, the the community, if you want to call it that, does seem to be pretty good about self policing in that way. Well, that's good. See, and that's what we need more of to keep yeah. this, this kind of thing operating. Now, one of the other things that I, I didn't send this to you earlier, but uh, in the northern states, especially here in the northeast, snowmobiling is like a huge thing. And many of these snowmobile clubs have hundreds and hundreds of miles of their own trail systems marked out. Are they accessing your database as well to find out about this information? I have heard from, I think, one or two snowmobile users who who had a question about essentially adding, um, you know, either either a property or another route type, which would indicate, um, you know, friendliness or usability for snowmobiles. 
Um, and again, that's, that's one of those that's, um, you know, kind of got added to this, you know, this back burner pile that I have of, you know, feature requests. <laughs> anytime somebody, you know, anytime somebody contacts me through the site, there's a little feedback button up at the top, right. uh, click on it. All they have to do is enter their name and email. Um, they don't even have to enter that if they want, but they can send me a message. Um, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, this site sucks. You know, I couldn't find the route that I was looking for. Not all the gravel is on your site. I've actually gotten those, but you know, <laughs> the vast majority of the time it's people who are, you know, very helpful or have legitimate questions or, you know, have something they want to bring up. And anytime there's a feature request like that, what I'll do is I'll add it to, uh, to a queue that I have where, you know, whenever I have, um, you know, some free time to work on the site, which sure. is not as much as I would like, certainly, but when I do, I'll grab something off the queue and I'll, uh, plug it in. Um, <clears throat> and in any event, I always try to reply to each of those messages and, you know, at least let them know, you know, hey, yes, this is something I think I can do. And, you know, I think, you know, here's about when I think I can get to it. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to implement that or, you know, or I'm not going to. And, you know, thanks for <laughs> suggesting it. And here's why, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, maybe maybe it's time to put a little box like a little box where people can click on the things that they would like to see on the site. <laughs> that is not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. Or even. Oh, it went up to 2%. Great. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's just racking them up. But, uh, you know, actually, you know, the. Uh, I And I'd never thought about that, but I do have that list. Um, and when somebody signs up for the site, typically they're signing up with an email address. Yeah. Um, I have never sent anyone an email off the sites in an unsolicited sense, you know, in terms sure. of they sign up and it's just used for logging in. Um, I had considered doing a newsletter or something of that nature, but uh, you know, a purpose for you know for that might be to do, um, you know, basically like a you know an invitation to take this survey, basically. Sure. And you and have I, so much time on your hands to do that. Do I'm just you know, I'm swimming in free time over here. I'm like, what am I going to do next? <laughs> and it's killing me. So you know, we need to put this survey up and get it out there. But uh, but yeah, no. In all seriousness, I think it would be. Uh, it would be interesting to let let people kind of prioritize that and, you know, say, here's, you know, here's what I'm using the site for. And there's, um, you know, the really the, the most requested one for is the route edit feature, of course. Yeah. Uh, there's a few others like the ability to add routes to a list of, you know, what I would call like my favorite routes where you can, you know, kind of tag them and then view only the routes that you've selected to view. Um, right. Another kind of easy one is uh, transparency for the map. So a little slider that lets you set the transparency of those yellow lines so that you can see what's underneath a little more clearly. Okay. Um, and then uh, coding those lines and actually changing that yellow color depending on the route type. So um, either just changing them completely or letting users specify, hey, I want to see all dirt roads in, uh, in, in red and I want to see gravel in you know, green and whatever else. Right. Oh, that's a good idea. That's great. That's- I, I like those ideas. When, when are you going to have that done? Uh, it's going to be, uh, by the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. But, yeah. Just as soon as I, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, find a way to, you know, do my, leave my job and do this full time, which, uh, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy what I do for, uh, you know, for my full time work. And, uh, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon, right. but, uh, you know, I enjoy doing this on the side too. It gives me something to fill up those, uh, those, you know, few and far between free moments. Right. Now gravel map is free for everyone to use. Correct. Absolutely, yes. Is um, there yeah. ever going to be a chance you're going to make this a paid service? Unless I end up selling the service to someone else, which I think is extremely unlikely, um, I will never charge someone to use the site. And I would hope that, you know, in fact, probably in, in a condition of any sale, which again is you know pretty unlikely, but if that ever were to happen, I would almost include as a condition, uh, this has to remain free for the people who sign up for it it's you know it's a free service there's really sure there i i think there are other ways to potentially monetize it or to make the site support further development efforts that don't involve charging people money to use it right um, as a model i don't really see that as one that would that would be sustainable um you know in terms of you know charging everybody to access the site there might be an opportunity for some kind of a premium membership or something like that that would access you know allow people to access other features but for the time being, I would definitely like to keep it in the mode of, you know, everybody gets access to every feature that's on the site because their form of, um, you know, compensation for their use of the service is is their use of the service. You know, right. so, they're, um, you know, they're using the site and hopefully they are judicious, judiciously flagging routes and, um, you know, adding new routes to the database and, you know, kind of, um, you know, helping to um, helping to, you know, kind of continue it along in that regard and, 
contributing in that way. All right. And now, uh, how can people help out the, pro- the with the whole process, like becoming a more involved in creating routes and, and providing or documenting dirt and gravel roads? How can people help? The easiest way to help is probably just to pull up the site, look at your uh, your local area, and um, you know, kind of see what's there, scope it out, and if you have some uh, you know some some gravel or dirt or you know whatever what have you uh, you know roads or paths or trails or routes or whatever that uh, that you enjoy, um, go ahead and add them. And if you see something that shouldn't be there that you know to be false, uh, go ahead and hit that flag button. Okay, cool. Now, lastly, as how can people learn more about gravel maps? So the uh, the most uh, the most effective way to learn about it at this point is probably just to you know again go check it out, kind of play around with it. Uh, you can go to the site. There's a, there's a help section that is uh, that is is actually uh, I think somewhat informative anyway. It kind of walks the users through the process of here's what the map is, here's what a route looks like, here's how you go about the process of adding a new route. Um, you know, kind of gives a tour of adding a route, shows how to add an image to a route. Mm-hmm. So I, I think by and large, uh, one reason why the site has taken off uh, in the way that it has, again, without really, you know, um, you know, really despite my, you know, my efforts in, you know, not marketing it and everything is, uh, it is fairly self-explanatory, you know. So people, you know, most people have used Google Maps or, you know, a, a mapping app or whatever in the past, Um this actually uses Google Maps as its back end. So this is built on, you know, what's called the, the Google Maps script API, where we're essentially just, you know, plotting these lines on top of this map that Google gives us. So right. if you know how to use Google Maps, you know how to use Gravel Map. And again, uh, the process of adding a route, um, basically trying to make that as intuitive as possible, where it's really just click here where the route starts and then click along the line to add junctions to it and uh, click the finish button when you're finished. Right. So, uh, yeah, and I would I would encourage people too to just go on the site and uh, you know you can even go on the site you can add a route uh, you know just down a paved road and then delete it right away afterwards if you're wanting to just test it out and you know mm-hmm. kind of see how that aspect of it works before you go and you know plot a you know a larger you know 20 mile stretch of road that you know about you know if you're just kind of wanting to get the feel for it um, there's absolutely no harm in going and doing that either. All right, and a couple of the features that you do have on the website. By the way, the website is. Uh, gravelmap.com that's where you can get get involved with this and sign up but you have the ability to uh, download the gpx file for each one of these routes and you can also import a gpx route uh, if you have one yes so uh, that i put in that was that was one of those that was uh it was a pretty commonly requested feature you know both the export and the import um and what that lets people do is um you know either Garmin mapping software or another service like um, ridewithgps.com is a big one. Um, People use these other services to kind of, you know, to plan routes or to report routes. Um, The import feature will actually let you take a complete, uh, you know, say a longer route and actually trim it down to size. So if you you went out and you did a ride that started at your house, then you went and hit dirt roads, you did a loop, you came back, you can actually import um, that GPX file. Right. And, you know, kind of, you know, click and drag to actually set the start and end points of that to exclude those uh, those kind of edge pieces that you don't want to be at the actual, you know, meat and potatoes of your route. Oh, do you know how many GPX files have been downloaded from Gravel Map? That would be that's another really interesting metric that I have no idea about. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I, can, I could I could probably do a little digging and find out. Um yeah, you know, you're yeah, you're making me want to actually get into the stats on this a little bit more. It's kind of interesting, you know. Yes, you know, it, it might be it might be like a stat feature you might want to stick on the top menu. That would actually be kind of cool. You know, we could build kind of a stats dashboard like here's three percent, man. It's gone up to three percent. I think that's fair. I think it has. Yeah. <laughs> How much more time we got? We got to watch out. I'm gonna. You're gonna be a, a majority shareholder here before too long. <laughs> uh, any last comments or recommendations to potential trail users uh, or trail makers for the site? I'd say, um, yeah, feel free to, uh, you know, to get on the site, try it out. Um, you know, like I said, experiment with it. And uh, please don't hesitate to use that feedback button on the top of the site to get in contact with me. If you have any, uh, you know, any usability requests, if you're, you know, you're looking at it, you're like, this is great, but it really needs to be able to, uh, to do this right. and, to do, you know, to do this other thing too. 
um, or there's, you know, there's this bug I discovered or, or whatever it is, you know, I always love to hear from people and, um, I will, you know, even if it's not something I'm going to be able to get to right away, I always try to respond as quickly as I can and, you know, put it on that, that long, long list of, uh, <laughs> which again, I think, you know, I think we're going to try to put a survey of some kind together because sure. that's going to, uh, right. you know, you or at least, um, maybe that's part of the dashboard too. Maybe we do, you know, here's what people have requested for the site and, you can vote for, you know, what you would like to, uh, you would like to see done. Yeah. So, well, services awesome. like what you have here is it, it reminds me a lot of uh, Map My Ride. Are oh, you, for sure. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of that. Um, and you have many of the same, nearly many of the same features. So you might want to go to their site and steal what you can. So. Sure. <laughs> sure. They're, uh, they're actually, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if their digital headquarters are in that division, but. Uh, their parent company, Under Armour, is actually based here in Portland, so I could just, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> not gonna say, I'm, I'm definitely not going to do any corporate espionage. <laughs> Let's just say that, you know, they're close by. But- uh, that, <laughs> might, that might be, be your best bet to, to refrain from that. Yes. Jacob, I want to thank you very much for joining me here on the Motorcycle Men podcast. It's a lot of great, great information, and I'm going to be sure to add some routes of my own right here in New Jersey. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Ted. It's been a pleasure. I All appreciate right. it. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for joining me and Jacob here on episode 186, where we talked about Gravel Map. To learn more, go to gravelmap.com to learn more. And links will be in the show notes and on the Motorcycle Men website as well as uh, MotorcycleMen.us. So don't forget to check out our fellow podcasters, YouTubers, bloggers, and vloggers whose links you will find on our links page. All of these media outlets and many more out there do great things to promote and encourage our support and passion. So from Tim Buck 2, Chris the Joker, Justin Shoes, and me, Ted Longway, your host, thanks for listening to the Motorcycle Men Podcast, where we say stupid crap so you don't have to. Enjoy your ride, kids. <laughs>